Galatians chapter 6. Now, you've drawn the short straw today. No pastors here today. <laughs> They're all uh, away somewhere. Pastor Chris is down at camp and uh, a lot of the young people, of course, have gone to their camp at Ballarat and then the young marrieds are down at camp. So most of us are pretty old here today. Is that right? No. <laughs> I shouldn't be admitting that, should I? Anyway, you know that saying, the, my get up and go has got up and gone? I didn't used to know what that meant, but I'm starting to understand it, sadly. <laughs> but it, <clears throat> I suppose that's not what I want to, uh, want to talk about today, but, um, but it is in one sense. It's about to keep pressing on in the Lord and uh, not being weary or not to, uh, to fail in heart and... Um, each and every one of us who are here, if we understand what the things of God are and we understand about the Holy Spirit, if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, you've got exciting things to come today where you can come to know God personally and you can be baptised in accordance to the Word of God the way Jesus Christ was. But for us who are here today who are baptised and filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, some of us, you know, as you look around, uh, I mentioned age, but some of us have been here 30 plus, 40 plus years, and uh, we're all going to go through things. I suppose, you know, when you're younger and uh, you're baptised and filled with the Holy Ghost and you, you uh, all of a sudden you go through things in life, you get married, you have children or and those type of things, you go through sickness, you go through uh, maybe poverty at times where you, you don't have much money, you, uh, you go through all manner of things, pressures in relationships, pressures in life and and uh, they can start to wear on you heavily. And uh, sometimes it's a little bit uh, like uh, people mentioned in their testimonies there, we can start to maybe blame God for the things that are happening in our lives and think, where are you, God, and why aren't these things happening the way you proclaimed? And But uh, when we look into the Bible, and I'm not going to go through every aspect of it, of course, but, but uh, the Scriptures encourage us to not let those things hinder us from following God, from seeing the bigger picture, from pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, as the Bible says. You know that we don't look behind, we don't turn back as the Bible talks about. You know, we put our hands to the plough and go forward. But in uh, Galatians 6 here, we read in verse 9, just one scripture, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So the encouragement here, of course, at the Church of Galatia, they'd been through maybe many things, but here the encouragement is uh, they've been encouraged to keep sowing to the things of the Spirit, to keep sowing in the ways of God, and uh, that they weren't going to lose. And um, I know when I went through tribulation uh, not, not all that long ago, you know, where a brother just said to me, just keep serving the Lord and the Lord will work things out. And uh, at times we look at our circumstances rather than looking at God's plan and purpose. And the Bible says, of course, that day in the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. And uh, someone recently gave a talk about that and about what one day is, but I'm not going to go into that. But we, we get time mixed up with what God's plan is. And we all do it. But it says there, let us, you know, each and every one of us, let us not be weary in well-doing. Let us not start to look at the natural. Let us, of course, 
because in due season or at an appointed time, we're going to reap. And sometimes, uh, you know, when a, a, a farmer goes out and plants his field, to start with, all he's got is a few seeds there, you know, and then it starts to grow. And uh, later on, of course, uh, you know, he gets his, um, his um, thresher there and he goes out and he, he expects, you know, as time goes on, he's going to see these things and then all of a sudden it flourishes. And maybe we're at that point in time where we've just seen a few seeds. Maybe we've seen, you know, the wheat grow a little bit. But maybe by faith we can see that our life is in full season, that we are going to reap those things that God has promised unto us. And, and um, just in the Amplified it says, um, and let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right, for in due time and at the appointed season we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. So, uh, you know, we don't want to lose our courage you know, if uh, someone goes into war and they lose their courage and they start turning around, the the, uh, the situation is they'll probably end up being shot. And, uh, you know, for us who've been spirit-filled, the Bible, of course, talks about the armour of God and it talks about the shield of faith. And as we've heard before, if we turn around, then, of course, the fiery darts of the wicked can pierce us. But uh, each and every one of us, of course, you know, as we can see the future, we're not going to let those things hinder us. And if we truly see what eternal life is, sometimes we actually lose, lose grasp on what eternal life is. You know, Brother Ben talks about eternal life a lot. And, uh, you know, the glory and understanding what we've got. And uh, when, when we're like that and we fully understand that, we're not going to let it go. We're not going to become weary. We are going to hold on to the things we've received, of course. And in, in Ephesians Ephesians 3.13, it says, Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. So when we go through tribulation, how is that our glory? It is because we understand as we go through everything, when we get to the other side, we realize I'm going to receive eternal life. I'm going to get to the other side. Of course, like the disciples, when Jesus said, go over unto the other side, and uh, all of a sudden there was a great storm, and yet Jesus Christ was with them in the boat, and uh, immediately the Bible says they're at the other side. It was like that, and they were there. And that's, of course, what it's going to be like for us, isn't it? It's going to be, you know, at that point in time, it's all going to happen. We just go to Hebrews chapter 10. I suppose when we think about these things, if eternal life's the most important thing, everything else doesn't come close. And the Bible, of course, says, you know, to love God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. And when you do that, nothing else comes close. And uh, it's this understanding that only the Holy Spirit can give to a person. And... um, we're reading here about uh, the Israelites who uh, were written to by Paul there and he's encouraging them once again. You know, if we read the chapter before, he was saying, you know, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. He was actually he was trying to say to them, really, make sure you treasure that which is good, treasure that which you've received. And... Um, but in verse 32 it says, But call to remembrance the former days 
in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. So we use this scripture quite often when we're talking to new people who've just been baptised and filled with the Holy Ghost. But, but um, Paul here is saying, but call to remembrance the former days. So these people here had forgotten about the former days. They'd forgotten about the days when, of course, you know, they were first illuminated when they received the Holy Spirit, you know, about the, the fight they had to stay in the Lord, the fight they had, you know, because they had opposition from people round about them. They had opposition from their families. They had opposition from their religion. You know, they had all this opposition. And they, uh, they, the Bible says that, we'll read it in verse 34, for ye had compassion of me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. So they went through these things, and, that, and yet here they were, they'd become weary. They were failing. Their hearts were failing. And, of course, he was trying to say them to them, he's trying to stir them up to remember what you've received, to remember when you first received the Holy Ghost, whether you were six years of age or whether you were 60 years of age, it's irrelevant. You know, that time when you actually realised God is in my life and cares for me, when he transformed you. I know, you know, for me, it was at the Vogue Picture Theatre in the manager's office down on my knees praying and all of a sudden it was me who was speaking in tongues. I thought it was someone else, but it was me. And instantly I knew God and knew there was a Jesus Christ. Whereas before then, I had no idea. And every so often you go through things and you have to remember those days and remember where you've come from and look back. And when you, the spoiling of your goods in your life happens, maybe you lose your job, you know, maybe you, you don't have any money, maybe some of your family members are going through difficult times or, or you're going through great sickness and those type of things, then, uh, you know, we have to... Not, as the Bible says here in verse 35, cast not away therefore your confidence which hath great recompense of reward. We don't forget what Jesus did for us. And um, we'll just go on that note to Hebrews chapter 6. The beginning, beginning of um, chapter 6 here is um, uh, talking about, you know, leaving the first principles of the doctrine of Christ and repentance and foundation and receiving the Holy Spirit and going on to other things. And uh, it talks about, you know, those who were once illuminated, they couldn't, you know, if, if they uh, go the way of the world and they are not repentant, there's no more sacrifice for sins. And uh, once again, he's really, Paul's really trying to say to them, he's trying to wake them up really and uh, trying to make them realise what is really important in their lives. And uh, he says in verse 10, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labour of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. So <clears throat> sometimes when people go through a hard time, they start to think that God isn't interested in them, that he only looks at their faults, that he's, uh, you know, he's forgotten them and uh, that uh, no one's really interested and we can all get like it, you know, woe is me, you know, think I'll go and eat worms and all that sort of thing, <laughs> you know. And, but, you know, he's trying to say to them, don't forget that God loves you. Don't forget that Jesus Christ died for your sins. And he says in verse 11, And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. 
So he's trying to encourage them to see the end goal. Whenever you look at these things about us fainting or becoming weary or giving up, he's trying to say to us, see the end goal. You know, see the prize before us. See what the Lord has promised to us. And I was, you know, just recently I've got to know a brother just in the last few months who, um, you know, he's, he's not in the fellowship just here, but he's he was giving his testimony to me yesterday and he was just saying how he was at the point where he'd... Um, He'd gone through a really difficult time, and uh, it got to a point where he was—he uh, was—he was really only just coming to a Sunday meeting sometimes, and uh, you know, on a Friday night or a Wednesday night when the house meeting was on, he'd just say to his family, "Oh, oh I'm just going to watch the footy," you know, and uh, he wasn't going to much at all, and he wasn't involved at all, and uh, through that, he ended up—you um, know—people, you can become, come, I suppose. Um, extreme. Pastor John said many years ago, and I've always remembered it, he said, you know, if you take anything in the word of God to the extreme, it becomes a wrong, you know, and uh, and when you think about that, you know, there's the scriptures and you have balance in your life, but, but uh, you know, as far as Islam goes, you know, you know, people, of course, who were suicide bombers and all that, he was so angry about that, that he got to a point where he... Um, he got on the bandwagon about it and he actually hated people who were of Islam religion and he started to uh, hate other people and that. And uh, then what ended up happening was he, he, he's a real... I'm not against Pauline Hanson. I'm not going to say, just in case you want to know. And I won't give you my personal thoughts on any of that, you know, as far as politics go. But... You know, he became on the bandwagon as far as that goes and he didn't want anyone to come into the country and he was actually, uh, you know, going to rallies and that type of thing. And uh, and the beginning of this year, he just thought, right, that's it. I'm, I'm going to get fully involved. And uh, he fully got involved. He's been coming to all the meetings. He, he um, has been going to the house meetings, he's been going to the midweek meetings, he's been going to the Sunday communions and the Sunday nights. He said five meetings a week he's going to. And he said just in that period, six months, it's turned around for him. Wow, how, how does that happen? <laughs> it's easy, isn't it? By seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things are added unto us. And, uh, and uh, I thought it was a fantastic testimony. You know? And the, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, you know, I have no greater joy than to hear that my brethren walk in truth. And, uh, and here he was just giving his testimony there. And I think about Mark and Michelle Barnes. I'm not sure if they're here today, but uh, they were similar. Yep, over there. Uh, similar situation where, you know, they've given their testimony about... Um, Things weren't going well in their life and they, they felt like they were seat warmers. I can say that, can't I? <laughs> and uh, they were coming on Sundays and that, but uh, they were working. You know, I, I remember with Mark they, and Michelle, they used to start at five in the morning and they were up, you know, it was hard to get to meetings. Anyway, things turned around for them and they made a decision, no matter what, they were going to get involved in the things of the Lord. And the Lord turned things around in a very short period of time. And Mark and Michelle said. <laughs> so we, we take courage from these testimonies. We take courage. We'll just go back to Hebrews 10 and in verse 23. And like I mentioned about this brother, really he had started his own agenda 
his own profession in a sense. And that's why I want to read this scripture. It says in verse 23, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. So we've got a profession in the Lord. We're professional Christians. Well, that's our covenant. That's what this is talking about. And as we have that covenant, and we serve Jesus Christ and we're involved in the things of Jesus Christ and we hold fast to our profession or we're not going to let anything else take over. And we know, of course, we have a balance in the Lord. We have a balance of the things we're involved in. And each and every one of us, and and even talking to this brother, you don't need to tell anyone what they need to do. You know why? The Holy Ghost within them tells them. The Holy Ghost is there in our lives each and every day, leading, guiding and directing us and showing us, you know, what we need to do. And we know what our profession is, of course. And the Lord is there to direct our lives. As we trust in him, the Bible says, of course, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. So as we let him lead, guide and direct us, then, of course, everything works out. But no person can do it for us. It comes from from within each and every one of us. But I'll tell you what, it's exciting for each and every one of us when we see someone's life transformed, isn't it, when they put God first. When they're going through a difficult time and we're praying for them and the Lord turns it around for them. You know, when you can see wonderful things happen in their life, you know, because all of us have at times become burdened down with the things of this life. When we read in Matthew 13 there about the sower and the seed, the sower and the seed isn't just for those who are just baptised and filled with the Holy Ghost. It's for anybody who's baptised and filled with the Holy Ghost and over time is continuing to serve the Lord and the Lord is there for us. We'll just go to Genesis chapter 5. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but this is the, the story of Noah and the ark and You know, the Bible says, of course, by faith, Noah built an ark for the saving of eight souls. It's not many people, is it? Even at the time, you know, some people say it's a worldwide flood, some say it's local, and uh, I'm not going to go into that at the moment. But, But when you look at this situation, Noah had time against him. And I'll explain that in chapter 5, verse 32, and it says, And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So Noah here is 500 years of age, and it talks about how there was, you know, sin had basically multiplied on the face of the earth, and, uh, you know, people's hearts were only evil continually, their thoughts were evil continually. And, um, And what happened was that God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And, um, We'll just read in Genesis chapter 6 now, in verse 13. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So we know, of course, those who've been around for a while, this is really talking about us and our generation now, where the, the world is evil continually. You know, they call evil good and good evil. It's, there's no doubt about it. And uh, we, we can see that day drawing near. But it says in um, chapter 7 and verse 11, In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, 
the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened and the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. So here we are, we've often talked about it, but for 100 years, 100 years, and the reason I say he had time against him was because for us who are baptised and filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, none of us have been in the Lord 100 years. <laughs> none of us have been through what Noah went through. He lived on, you know, the ark with his family, you know, looking after all these animals and everything. But, but throughout that 100 years, he was building this boat, you know, each and every day. And he only had really three men helping him. And if you've seen the movie Noah, you know how big some of those, that, that wood was he was using. <laughs> Maybe you haven't, but anyway. <laughs> but, you know, in the Bible, of course, it talks about how big it was. It was a huge, like a football field. And uh, they had to work together each and every day. They had to continually do those things. They had to, to work at it. And uh, they had to be faithful right to the end. And really it's like us. Like I said, maybe time's against us. Maybe we've been in the Lord 10, 20, 30, 40 years and we've become weary in building the boat. The wood is getting too big. It's too hard to carry together. You know, the things we've got to do now aren't as easy as they used to be. You know, and, and when we look at this, Noah there was faithful right through. Otherwise... He wouldn't be in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 by faith, Noah, you know. We want our names in the true book, the book of life, by faith, you know, let us not be weary in well-doing. Let us make sure we keep building that ark. And uh, with Noah there, the Bible says that after this period of time that he also then went on to live for... um, I'll find where I wrote it here. <laughs> he lived till he was 950 years of age. So he lived another 350 years, it talks about, after the flood. So, wow, you think you've got it hard. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live to that sort of age, <laughs> especially in this world. <laughs> you know, but he had to continually you know, follow God. And sometimes you know, we get weary with what we're going through the tribulations we're going through. We heard about Job last week, of course, and about Job. Some of the things he went through were horrific, but he was faithful. He, he didn't become weary. He was weary at times, but he didn't fail. His heart didn't fail. He kept, you know, being faithful right to the end. And even with um, Noah there, he was with his, his three sons there on the boat And then after some time, one of his sons did the wrong thing. And uh, he said to his son, Canaan, he said, you know, he was of the land of Canaan, he said, you're going to end up in a situation where you're going to be cursed because of the things you've done. And uh, Noah, he, he remained with God no matter what. And that's, of course, how we desire to be to remain with God no matter what. And uh, we read, of course, in Hebrews there, you know, we took, spoil, you know the, uh, we took the spoiling of our goods. You know, we went through things. When I came to the Lord and was baptised and filled with the Holy Ghost, I preached to my mum, and not all that 
wisely at the time, to be honest. You know, some things I said. But anyway, she's forgiven me now. But And, and she kicked me out of home. And, uh, you know, and my family basically disowned me for a time. And, uh, you know, I had one of my relatives from, from um, Mildura come over to try to sort me out because, you know, the things I was doing and uh, a lot of things I went through. I couldn't take joyfully the spoiling of my goods because I didn't have any. <laughs> but we go through things, rejection from people. One of the things this brother said was that uh, gave his testimony to me yesterday was that when he um, was, his work became so much an important thing to him that, uh, you know, he became friends with people from work and his environment and, uh, you know, socially and all that. And so he didn't have friends in the fellowship, so it was easier to be with them rather than uh, the people of the fellowship. And it ended up where he started to come into a meeting and not feel comfortable. You know, we don't want to get to the point where we become weary with our brethren in the Lord. We're all different. You know, if you don't, if we don't get on with people, it's our problem. <laughs> it's not theirs. You know, it's because we've become weary. Because the Bible, of course, talks about, you know, the person who realizes, you know, that Jesus Christ is returning and they start to smite their fellow servant. We, of course, make sure that we love our brethren, that we care for our brethren. Like I said, with, with Noah there with his three sons, every day, he's worked with someone in the Lord every day. <laughs> I have. <laughs> it's not always easy. You know, you can um, deal with different things. But Noah was there with his three sons every single day for years and years and years. You know, he could have said, look, I've had enough of you lot. Get lost. <laughs> but they kept working together. They kept overcoming. And that's what we do. We keep building the church. As we know, the ark is the church. We keep building it together. We keep loving one another and caring for one another and encouraging one another. We'll just go to um, Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Really, Ecclesiastes talks a lot about how temporal this life is. But, you know, and, and about how you know, we really need to treasure certain things. I'm not going to go through it, but there's a lot of wisdom in the book of Ecclesiastes. But we'll just read in... Um, it's quite an interesting chapter, chapter 8, I think, anyway. Um, in verse 1 it says, Who is as the wise man, and who, with, who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. So depending on how the word of God is accepted in our lives is how we are. If we accept the word of God and we let it help us, it's going to change us, it's going to mould us, and we're going to benefit from it. But um, in verse 4, it says, Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, What doest thou? So it's talking about coming before God and where you know God is, there's power, and uh, how are we going to tell God what he needs to do? Verse 5, Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing, and a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. So, you know, if we keep the word of God, 
Nothing evil is going to happen unto us. Nothing can destroy us. Nothing, of course, can destroy our salvation. But as we do the things of God, of course, God is going to bless our lives. Our lives are always going to turn around for the better. It's always going to work out. But it says, A wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. So a wise man thinks it should be in this time and in this judgment. He thinks, I know how it should be. You know, and, you know, or maybe judging a situation or judging the things we're going through and that. And uh, like I said, with Noah there, time didn't affect him. Is time going to affect us? Another thing that I heard in the talk a while ago, which I thought was amazing, it was a young lad at camp and he was just saying about the devil has all the time in the world. You know, he's got every single day, every minute, every hour to work on us. So we need to make sure, of course, that the word of God is prevalent in our lives and uh, the Holy Ghost is working in our lives and he can't get near us. He can't touch us. You know, and, and here it's saying that both time and judgment or you know, our judgment, our wisdom, our thoughts can affect us who are in the Lord. It says in verse 6, because... To every purpose there is time and judgment. Therefore the misery of man is great upon him. So we've got to realise, of course, that it is God who has the purpose for us. All things work together for good for them that love God, who are the called according to his purpose. So all things. It doesn't leave anything out. When you go through... You know, horrific sicknesses and horrific times in our lives where our mind's affected, all those things, we, we, we maybe take out the all and think some things or maybe, you know, a, a certain amount of things. But the Bible says all things. And it says here, misery of man is great upon him. If we try to work it out, we only affect ourselves. Verse 7, for he knoweth not that which shall be, for who can tell him when it shall be? Who's going to tell God how to do it? We can't tell God how to do it. He knows exactly what he's doing. In verse 8, There is no man that hath power over the spirit or life and breath to retain the life or breath. Neither hath he power in the day of death, and there is no discharge in that war, neither shall wickedness deliver those that are given to it. So there's no weapons that can be used against the final death. And the, the final time when we're all going to go, God is in control. No man is in control. So the Lord is saying through um, Solomon here, of course, that God is in control. Sometimes we look at others and we think, oh, their life is so fortunate and they've got it good and all this type of thing. And uh, we just read here in verse 13. Um, no, verse 12. Though a sinner do evil an hundred times and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. But it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he feareth not before God. So although people go through things in the Lord, they're the ones who are going to win in the end. And we may look at the wicked and think they're prospering, 
But unless they get baptised and filled with the Holy Spirit, unless they do it God's way, then in the end, they're the ones that are going to lose. Just got a quote here from George Harrison from the Beatles. <laughs> so who knows what this will be? No, no, it's all right. It says, it's being here now that that's important. There's no past and there's no future. Time is a very misleading thing. All there is is ever is the now. So the ever is the now. So you think about that, that's what we live in is the now. We can gain experience from the past, but we can't relive it. And we can hope for the future, but we don't know if there is one. So he's just really saying what the Bible says about pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus and forgetting those things which are behind. But even in his natural life where he was a a great musician for the Beatles and all that, he realised you have to live in the now. We can't worry about the past. We can't worry about the future. He passed away in 2001. He wasn't baptised and filled with the Holy Ghost as far as I know. But each and every one of us, we can live in the now, but we have a future. And that's what we live for, living for Jesus Christ. And then the Lord's going to bless us. And all the people said, Amen. We'll leave it there.